Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. In his courage and fortitude, in leading the people of Ukraine, as in the words of the psalmist, the enemy encamps around them and war rises up against them. Vladimir Zelensky has inspired comparisons to Winston Churchill in the midst of World War II. During that incredibly difficult time, Churchill gave a speech at a school he attended as a boy. You may have heard a paraphrase of his words from that speech. Never give up. Never give up. Never, never, never give up. Zelensky, like Churchill, is calling the people he leads to refuse to give up, to persist, to persevere. And I have seen news stories, as perhaps you have as well, of them bravely and admirably doing so. And while our circumstances are different than the circumstances of the people in Ukraine, I imagine we have all faced, and may even now be facing, difficult personal circumstances as we live in this world broken by human sin. But challenge us to persevere, to keep on keeping on, to persist. Challenges faced by the persistent widow in the parable Jesus tells in our reading from the Gospel of Luke for today. In that time and place, widows were among the most vulnerable members of society. Generally speaking, women were not allowed to have their own independent sources of income or manage estates or receive an inheritance. If a woman's husband died, she was left without financial resources or social status. And unless her son or another male relative stepped in to care for her, she would become dependent on society, on the charity of others in order to survive. And so widows were especially vulnerable to exploitation, to unfair treatment, to injustice. Think of the phone scammers, internet hackers, Ponzi schemers who prey on the elderly and vulnerable today. And in this particular story, it seems that the widow is being treated unjustly by someone whom she calls her opponent, the Greek word antidiku, which means specifically an adversary in a lawsuit. The widow has a case and she wants to be heard. She wants justice. She is being treated wrongly and she wants it made right. And she needs help for this to happen. And so she goes to the judge in her city, whose job it is to hear her case, to give her justice, to help make things right. But this particular job, judge is not doing his job. He is an unjust judge who has no fear of God or respect 
for other people who isn't interested in making things right, who doesn't value anyone. Note that how the, judge is, how the judge feels and acts towards others is reflected in how he feels and acts toward God. There is an inherent connection between all of our relationships. As Jesus affirms when he states that the two greatest commandments are love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as yourself. How we treat the least of these is how we treat the God who made them in God's image. If we truly believe that God made and loves all people, we will treat every person we encounter every day with dignity and respect. Given this unjust judge's disposition, he refuses the widow for a while. But given her disposition, she does not give up. She keeps coming to this judge and coming to this judge and coming to this judge. She keeps requesting of him. She keeps annoying him and bothering him until finally she wears him out. But how long did that take? How many times did she have to make her request? How often did she have to pick herself up and get back in there and make her case? How hard was that for her? But she did not give up. She persevered, she persisted, and she was heard, and she was given justice, and it was made right. In the words of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And so Jesus continues, will God not grant justice to those who cry out to God day and night? Will he delay in helping them? No, he will grant them justice. We can't stretch this analogy too far. Jesus is not implying that God is an unjust judge. Jesus in this story is arguing from the lesser to the greater. If even an unjust human judge can grant justice, how much more will our good and gracious Lord grant us justice, hear our case, make things right? As Luke recounts, Jesus tells this parables so that the disciples will pray always and not lose heart. We'll keep coming to God and coming to God and coming to God and making our requests known in every time, in every place, in every circumstance, no matter what. Even if we feel small and powerless and defeated, whether or not we feel worthy to do so, whether or not we think our requests are worthy, whether or not we even know what to say, Jesus encourages us to pour our hearts out to God. Tell God what's going on with you. He already knows anyway. 
trusting that God hears us, that God is with us, that God will help us, that God will ultimately make all things right. I imagine this might be difficult encouragement for those of us who have experienced what we call unanswered prayers. We pray and our loved one continues to be ill. We pray and our health continues to falter. We pray and we see one heartbreaking story on the news after another. We pray and we don't always get what we want. And this is a mystery. But perhaps prayer isn't only about getting what we want, even if what we want is good. Perhaps prayer is about relationship, connection, growth. Perhaps prayer is not so much about our desires, but about our communion with God and with others as God's beloved children, about who we are and whose we are. Prayer is making our requests to our good and loving parent who sometimes says yes and sometimes says no, and sometimes says maybe and sometimes says wait, and often for reasons we are simply too young to understand. But whatever God may or may not give us in answer to our prayers, God always gives us himself. God, our creator, who made us and everything else in goodness and order and beauty, who loves us without condition and without end, who Abraham trusted to give him a family through whom all the families of the earth would be blessed. The Lord who is, as King David declares in Psalm 27, our light, our salvation, the stronghold of our life. And so we need not be afraid. God, our Redeemer, who came to us in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, fully human and fully divine, who lived a life of grace and truth, who gathered disciples to share his good news and participate in his good work, who taught us and showed us how to live, how to love, how to pray. As Luke recounts, Jesus himself prayed persistently. He prayed at his baptism when the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and the voice of God the Father from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus spent the night in prayer before he selected the twelve apostles. He prayed on the mountaintop at his transfiguration. He prayed at the Last Supper, giving thanks for the bread and the wine. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night he was betrayed and arrested, saying, Father, if it is your will, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, 
but yours be done. And the cup was not removed. Jesus Christ suffered and died on the cross and was buried. And on the third day rose triumphantly from death to life for us and for our salvation, freeing us from death forever, bringing us with him into life eternal and abundant, life now and forever, life that does not end, assuring us in the words of the Apostle Paul to his beloved friends in Philippians 3, that our citizenship is in heaven, from which we are expecting a Savior, Jesus Christ, who will come again and make all things new, who will repair this world broken by human sin, who will heal us and the whole creation. God, our sustainer, the ever-present Holy Spirit, who fills us with the breath of life, who reminds us of the grace of God, who inspires us to live life, to live a life of faith and hope and love, even, perhaps especially, when life is hard. What does that mean for you today? How might you persevere through all the circumstances of life? In what ways are you continuing to keep on keeping on through it all? Committing to daily prayer, dedicating yourself to healthy habits, reaching out and getting help if you need it, taking a deep breath and resting in the Lord, taking a break from the relentless news cycle, spending time in God's word and resting in God's grace as God gives you the strength to take the next step, to take the next move, to do the next right thing. In the words of a dear friend who was speaking about going through difficult times in life in general, and about her friend who is battling cancer in particular, she said, you keep trying until it's the end. And when it's the end, it's just the beginning. May you let your heart take courage in the Lord. May you stand firm in the Lord. May you trust in the Lord. May you pray always and not lose heart. May you never, never, never give up. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.